Welcome to the Bubblehead Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm Eric, and with my co-host Robert, we're doing a special bonus episode this week after the Super Bowl, we're Senior Bowl. We're just trying to give you our impressions on the week during the practices, and then our immediate reaction to the game. Do you have any uh, anything to start with, Robert? Yeah, so I, I wasn't really too impressed with the offenses today. I, I don't. I, I think this kind of proves just how bad this fantasy class is in terms of you know the 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 sheer depth of talent. I think it's kind of a top-heavy class, and I think that's was clear today. I definitely agree with the top-heavy nature of this fantasy f- class. The the top ones are pretty good, and unfortunately. Almost all of the top talent for this fans class weren't were not participating. Most are underclassmen, and then some of them uh, opted out. Uh, Jahan Dotson, Hassan Haskins, they didn't partake um, in the game. They didn't partake in most of the practices. So we definitely had a limited showing from the 2022 fantasy rookie class. So let's jump into the quarterbacks. You know, so that's going to be kind of the everything that everybody's looking for in super flex leagues. You know, um, I think the only fantasy option that really showed himself this today was Malik Willis. I didn't think Malik Willis had a great game for his draft prospect wise, but I thought he had a great game in terms of showcasing his ability to run and showcasing his ability to elude pressure um, as a as a quarterback in the pocket. Now, the quarterback I thought that had the best game and probably it might have the best NFL future is Sam Howell. Um, you know, I've been high on Sam Howell at least. Not, I mean, not as I don't think he's going to be a legitimate superstar or anything, but I do think he could be a capable starter in the NFL. Yeah, uh, you've you've been a a Howell truther uh, this season, and I've I've leaned towards Pickett. Pickett. He was very up and down this week in practices. He struggled quite a bit. Uh, there was a lot of rain one of the days, and he struggled. So anyone concerned about his hand size certainly has ammunition to tack on with that. His his box line today looked fantastic. He was six for six, completed everything, had almost 100 yards passing and a touchdown. But honestly, I was kind of disappointed with his performance. He... Most of his passes were pretty easy. The touchdown was a swing pass. It was a broken play. The Baylor running back took it for a touchdown. Uh, he totally underthrew Christian Watson, the North Dakota State receiver, on that long pass. That could have been a 60, 70-yard touchdown had he hit him in stride. Um, yeah, even if he threw that another like five yards, uh, you know that would have probably been a touchdown. You know, but I mean, yeah. So he missed those throws. You know. And, and, you know, he kind of just checked the ball down. Other than that long throw that he kind of missed, he really didn't do much other than just the checkdowns. Um, yeah. You know, and I think that's the worry, though, with him is, right? It's like you kind of – I think he's kind of that Jimmy Garoppolo mold of, like, being a game manager. Um, you know, he might win you some games if you have a really good team around him, but I don't think he's going to win you games as a starter. I think landing spot is super important when Kenny Pickett. I think they can develop – to be a and I'm with you. I don't think anyone is going to be a superstar MVP level uh quarterback in this class, but I th- well actually, 
So Willis is the only one that I think has a chance. Willis, you, we were talking during the game. He's total boomer bust. He's either going to be flamed out of the league in four years, or he's going to be like a multiple time Pro Bowler. Um, yeah, I told you after one of the scrambles, you know, I told you he's either going to be an All Pro and one of the best to go down, or he's going to get a coach fired. I agree. I he he had the best week uh, by far. He actually. In that rain, that heavy rain, his arm strength showed out. He he had a very good week. I just I just wonder if he can develop accuracy and decision making. That's his issue. Dude's an amazing athlete. He's he's very fast. He's not a big. Uh, he's not tall. He he's not even six one. But he's he's a stout dude. He's two twenty, um, and he's got an absolute cannon. The dude can throw the ball. It's just his decision-making and his accuracy have been very questionable. So if you're going for the ultimate home run, that's Malik Willis because I, out of anyone in this draft class, I think they're the most likely to be a top two or three startup pick in their career. So you have 1.01 in a super flex draft. Are you taking Malik Willis 1.01? I'm not. I mean, at this point, I, I still have Kenny Pick as my number one quarterback. But I'm honestly, if I have 101, I'm trying to trade back because I don't want to take a position player in a super flex league, but I would if I had to make the pick. I would most likely take Traylon Burks as of right now. Yeah, so I agree with that. I don't I don't want any of these quarterbacks, to be completely honest with you. But if if you told me if you put a gun in my head and said you have to pick a quarterback, I'd probably pick pick Malik Willis. Um, just cause I feel like, I feel like he'd give you that, you know, that rushing value at the beginning of his career. And then worst case scenario, he doesn't develop the arm. Well, so you can at least try to trade him after he has a few good games with the rushing stats, or you can try to, um, just ride it and try to use that, that high rushing floor that I think he's going to have. But Malik, I think, it all, but it all depends on the landing spot with these guys, and that happens. That's true with every quarterback, right? But especially with these guys, because you, I, for me, Malik Willis, I think he's probably better suited to be a backup year one, maybe two. Um, so, you know what? I, I think it'd be a good situation for him to go to a team that can afford to have him as that backup. Which I'm trying to I'm trying to think of one, and you know, the thing that comes to mind is maybe the Giants. Uh, maybe they trade back and get Willis and then have him sit behind Daniel Jones for an extra year. Um, you know, that makes sense to me. I don't think they're going to do that, but you know, I see it as very unlikely that if he was to go to the New York giants, that he wouldn't be playing his rookie year because I think of Malik Willis is similar to Trey Lance, but probably not even as ready NFL ready as Lance was coming out. The issue is, is with the Giants, they're not going to be winning a lot of games. Daniel Jones isn't going to be looking terribly effective. So everyone, you know, the media, the fans, probably the players and coaches within the, the organization are probably going to be calling for Malik Willis. Malik Willis, let's see what we have. And that's what I'm worried about is getting on the field too early on a really bad team and it just ruining their chances. Is there a good landing spot you can think of right now to for Malik Willis? I well, Seattle doesn't actually have their first round pick. Um, I think Seattle could be if Russell stays for a year, and their plan is, hey, let's get one more year out of Russell, and then we'll trade Russell. 
I think that's a possibility. It's not great. Uh, I could see Tennessee as the same thing because Tannehill's got a contract that you can get out of pretty easily after this year. Goff, uh, you could, if you drafted him 32nd with Detroit's, uh, what was the Rams pick? Um, that, that could be a possible situation. There's not a ton, uh, to be honest. Yeah, you know, I, I think kind of going into this past these past couple weeks, my not necessarily as a Saints fan, but as a as a fan of, of fantasy football, I thought that Tampa Bay would be the dream there. Uh just because he'd be able to sit behind Brady for a year. Um because Brady was that last really line of, you know, guys that, you know, you think you're going to retire soon, but then now Brady just retired. So now you kind of throw that out the window. So now you're looking, okay, well, where does Aaron Rodgers go? And, and is, does it make sense for whoever Aaron, Rod- whoever takes Aaron Rodgers, does it make sense for them to draft the quarterback? Cause that's probably going to upset Aaron Rodgers. I would imagine. Yeah. I think that if you draft first round quarterback, wherever Rodgers goes, you're, just asking for an enormous problem. I think Aaron Rodgers has proven that he can be a difficult person to exist in an organization with. And right, if you bring in Aaron Rodgers, right, if it's even if he stays in Green Bay, the idea is, hey, Aaron Rodgers, you're going to stay around for three or four years, try and win another title or two, and then retire. You don't draft a first round pick in that you're one of that three or four year window. That's yeah. It would be a great spot to tra- to learn behind Rodgers, but honestly, I think if Rodgers is like commits to you know what I'm saying to basically another small contract or you know short term contract, I feel like you know in 2024 would be a great time to draft it. Yeah, so let's let's move on to the kind of the guys who aren't necessarily the first round, second round picks. Um, so Bailey Zapp and Carson Strong and. I would put Desmond Ritter in that category too. All three of them played. Um, so Carson Strong had a pretty awful game. Um, Bailey Zapp, he kind of he had an okay game. It wasn't anything to write home about. Um, he doesn't have the arm strength for me to play in the NFL, and I think he proved it in that last uh, throw for the pick in the game. Um, you know, if he throws that to the back of the end zone, you know, that's a touchdown. Uh, but he couldn't get it there, and you know that was uh, it gets picked right. So and then. For Desmond Ritter, I actually thought he had a really good game. Uh, he, you know, he kind of he layered that one ball in between the uh, linebackers and the safeties. You know, that was a really good throw. You know, and there wasn't really many good throws in this game for many of the quarterbacks. So, like you know, Sam Howell had a couple, and then Desmond Ritter had a couple. But uh, other than that, you know, the quarterbacks really didn't perform all that well today. Yeah, I agree. I've, all of the the quarterbacks struggled with heavy pass rush. The offensive tackles really got their butts kicked by the defensive front. So that made right it made it hard to evaluate. But we what we did get to see is what these players do in a disturbed pocket. And I thought that Howell had the best performance in that by far. I thought Carson Strong and Zappi did very poor in the poor pass rush. Well, imagine that it's the two least mobile of the quarterbacks. Ritter, you're right. He did have a couple of really nice uh, passes to Ferguson, the Wisconsin tight end there. But I don't know. I'm not high on Ritter at all. I think they'll get drafted pretty high. I think they'll be at least like a second round draft pick. I'm just, I don't think they're an NFL quarterback. I think that they are 
They don't quite have the arm strength as Willis. They have the same accuracy issues, and they're not the athlete Willis is. They, Desmond Ritter is a good athlete. Like He can run the ball. He can extend the play 100%, but Willis is at another level, and I think that extra jump, that's like the difference. Honestly, Desmond Ritter I see as like a Jalen Hurts type of player. Like, I think he's more in the Ian Book category. I think he and Ian Book are pretty much the exact same player. That, that's that's an even worse comparison, certainly, for the hopes of Desmond Ritter. But, yeah, I mean, I think we've talked about enough of the, the quarterbacks. You know, I don't we, – we pretty much all agree, like, you know, that there's not as many good fantasy assets at quarterback this year. Um, so I'd like to move on to the, to the running backs. Um, we, a lot of these guys didn't play today. Um, so, you know, I was kind of looking forward to a few of the guys. Uh, Brian Robinson was the big name that did play, but, you know, um, James Cook didn't play, uh, and, a, you know, a few others, obviously. Um, and I was really looking forward to especially James Cook. I really wanted to watch him play the, today, but um, what, what did you think? You, did you have any thoughts from the guys that played? Or? Out of the players that played, I uh, Rashad White, the Arizona State running back, definitely was the most impressive. He's a bigger back. He's six foot. He's two ten, and he just—he didn't do anything. Wow, you! He—he—he's not going to be a Pro Bowl player unless you know they just have a James Conner season like this year, where they have a high touchdown rate, you know, something like that. But I was just impressed. I—I I think that they could be a really good part of a committee. I don't see them having two hundred fifty touches in a season in the NFL. But I, I could see them being a, an effective weapon for, you know, two to three year window in the NFL. I, I'd love I love the idea of getting them in the third round of my drafts. Much higher than that, I'm probably gonna be out. Yeah. Um I think the only other running back that I really thought had a good game was was a Smith. Uh, I was trying to think of the name. Uh, so Smith, you know, he had the touchdown pass from uh, Kenny Pickett. Um, but again, he's just a committee guy. He's going to be that kind of that bruiser role of a committee. You know, he might, he's a decent pass catcher, but he's not really like, he's not going to make anybody miss or anything. Um, you know, he's kind of that between the tackles runner. Um, and that's fine, right? You know, you have to have those guys on the team, but I don't think that's really a fantasy asset. Uh, Brian Robinson played well for the, the limited snaps that he had. Um, I think he only played probably a little at the, the first uh, first half, maybe. Uh, you know, I don't. I didn't. Uh, what else do you think about the the running backs? Abraham Smith. Uh, I think they're very similar players. Rashad White, but just slightly less bursty. I thought they were the same type of back. They're bigger backs, and I liked White more because he just seemed to have a little more juice, a little more quick movement. Uh, the other back that did catch my eye, um, somewhat this game, uh, Damian Pierce, they only had limited snaps, but I liked what I saw in those. But what I've been hearing about this week is what really has me interested. They showed that they have a lot of versatility. Uh, they did a really good job in pass protection this week. And so this is a player that was a part-time player at Florida their whole career. They only had 329 touches in four seasons. They had 100 rushes this year. They, in those hundred rushes, they had thirteen rushing touchdowns. Uh, they also chipped in nineteen catches, three receiving touchdowns. So, like, I, I, 
I'm really, really curious to see where Damian Pierce goes because I think they could find a great role. They're they're short. They're only five nine, but they're two twenty. They're just really thick player. Um, again, these are none of these running backs are particularly great. Uh, the, my top four running backs did not were not part of the Senior Bowl. They're all underclassmen. So these are all later ones, but out of like a late, you know, Damian Pierce probably going to be like my eighth ranked rookie running back or something like that. Yeah. I actually have Damian Pierce as like, you know, of the running backs that played today. I think he's actually probably uh, what probably right behind like uh, Brian Robinson for me um, of the guys who played. Um, And, you know, that's not really saying much because, I mean, a lot of the guys that I have hired don't, didn't play. But at the same time, like, Damian Pierce is an interesting flyer to me. Um, yeah. you know, it depends on situation, too. But at the same time, like, you know, he is he showed that he could be a, a good back in a, in a committee and even possibly a lead back because he doesn't have the wear on his tires. And I, and I felt like he showed the ability to to do multiple things. So, you know, I, I think the landing spot is something to monitor there. I totally agree. If they can get in a really solid landing spot, I'll, I'll definitely be interested. And and I, I like them because I think they're going to be pretty undervalued in a lot of drafts. There's not too many people that are looking at the players from Florida this year in general, but also, you know, the time-shared Florida running back. Yeah, and I, I just don't want people to get into this thing. So, like, we were, we're talking about Damon Pierce. Don't get into the same thing where we draft Trey Sermon super high off of, you know, a – like a what four or five game stretch that he had where he was super dominant. You know, I feel like I felt like people were overdrafting Trey Sermon last year, and I don't want that to happen too with a guy who's probably going to be right around that same draft spot. Um, I feel like he's probably going to go in the third round this year. Yeah, I'll be curious. Maybe fourth to get, get in the NFL draft. My my Trey Sermon concern is Brian Robinson Jr. I think Brian Robinson Jr. screams Trey Sermon. I, they didn't play much, like you said, but when I was watching them play today, I just kept thinking, wow, doesn't this player look average when they don't have all of the Bama players, you know, on the team with them? And Brian Robinson was fantastic this season, had almost 1,400 yards rushing at 16 total touchdowns. They had 36 receptions, right? The issue with Trey Sermon is where you were drafting him last year. A lot of people were taking them in the back end of the first round last year, at least early second. That's what I'm concerned with Brian Robinson. There's a lot more than 12 players that I'd prefer than Brian Robinson. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, with Brian Robinson, too, he had a tendency to not play well in a lot of those games. Like, he had a couple really big games, but there was a few games where he just didn't show up at all. Um, and that and that showed with, with Alabama, you know, in that Texas A&M game specifically, I remember them struggling to run the ball. And, you know... All the games that they really struggled in were games that they couldn't run the ball. And I think that's on Brian Robinson, partially. But it's also on the fact that they didn't have any running backs behind him either. But Yeah, I think Brian Robinson is probably the worst starting running back they've had in, in many years. Which is insane because he's still at least a decent talent. Oh, yeah. I you mean, know, he, he's still <laughs> going to have, you know, a three, four, five-year career in the NFL. Like, he's, he's yeah. good good player it's just i'm worried that people are going to be expecting him to be a, a true fantasy asset and i don't see it yeah. 
it just speaks to how good the Alabama running backs have been for so many years that yeah. you know your people kind of just expect Alabama running backs to be elite in the NFL now. Yeah. There is one more player running back I would like to talk about. Uh, do you have anyone that you want to mention? No. Uh, what is, who did you want to talk about? So I do want to give TJ Pledger some love. Utah running back. So Wednesday night, he gets a call to come and be an injury replacement at the Senior Bowl. He gets he he packs his stuff. He he lives near LA, so he, you know he goes to LAX, jumps on a red eye. He arrives in Mobile, you know, super early in the morning, you know, six seven a.m. in the morning, and he goes directly to thir- the last day of practice Thursday at the Senior Bowl and takes part in it. And then he he actually showed out pretty good in the uh, the game today. He had. A really nice long run. He had a long pass catch. I TJ Pledger really wasn't on my fantasy radar at all, but to yeah, like, he's, got, he's a guy you have to monitor now. Uh, that that's was what I mean. I'm t- I got. You know, yeah. I'm intrigued. Like that's a really yeah. tough situation. You come in, you don't even sleep overnight, basically, and then you go and play with like some of the best players in the country, and you hang, hold your own. Like I'm intrigued. I right, let's see what they do in the. Uh, the combine. Let's see what kind of draft capital they get. Let's look them in the preseason. I'm intrigued. Yeah, yeah. He's somebody that I probably didn't even wasn't even really thinking about until until the game, and then now now I'm think, I'm thinking, man, I wonder if he uh, I wonder if he's legit. Um, so definitely definitely an intriguing prospect there. But we'll see what happens. You know, it's too early to talk, kind of monitor. But he had actually one of the better games of all the running backs. To be clear, you know. And and I think the worst part about the Senior Bowl, at least kind of my opinion on it, is just these guys get so little time because uh, it's all they all get like a quarter or a half or something. So you know it's hard to judge these running backs uh, because it, you know it could just be that one hole that the offensive line finally blows open and right, and so then that one guy looks better than the other guys. But let's move on to the receivers. So starting off, I think the big disappointment was Jahan Dotson not playing. I, I was really looking forward to seeing him at the uh, in practice this week and, and stuff like that. Uh, but he didn't end up participating in any of those. So for the game itself, I feel like the the biggest like storylines, I guess, were be were Calvin Austin. So Calvin Austin, Austin and Tristan Wa- Christian Watson. I thought they were both the two like probably the best receivers at the at, in the game. Um, Calvin Austin, though, he did have a great catch, uh, you know, where he was caught it, catching it from behind him from Willis. Uh, but he dropped a really good throw from Howell after that. So, you know, kind of positive and negative, like he missed, he got the really difficult catch, but he also dropped the really easy one. So, you know, is that a concern? Is that, was that like kind of just a, you know, just something that happened kind of thing or like that's, you know, that's something to, to monitor, I feel like. Definitely, definitely something as we'd go more in depth in the tape. Is that a recurring problem or, you know, is this just a, a bad showing to have that bad drop? A, another receiver that I thought in the game really stood out was Jalen Tolbert. Uh, they didn't really play like at all in the second half. So it's like kind of easy to forget about them. But in the first half, they were, they, they were, seemed like the, the, the only receiving weapon. They had a bunch of catches, a lot of targets. They crushed the week, all the practices. They were doing really well in the one-on-one drills. Um, but I agree. Those three are the receivers that are particularly interesting to me. 
for the ones that actually participated. I'm just so sad Jahan Dotson didn't participate at all this week. I think that Jahan Dotson's in a tier amongst themselves out of all the players, the senior the senior players. Uh, there's only underclassmen that I prefer over Dotson. So I'm really sad that they weren't able to show off their uh, their route running and their agility. Um, but Christian Watson, t- tip the cap to you. This is North Dakota State, and he was voted. So the way the Senior Bowl works is the opposing DBs will vote the best wide receiver for your team. And Calvin Austin and Christian Watson were the two that received that voting. So – 64211 the dude can run we showed he just kept like making plays you saw there Daniel Jeremiah he lay, he uh he lobbied to get a deep shot there um for Christian Watson in the senior bowl and i was really sad that db basically just tackled him because i really wanted it was going to be like a jump ball right towards the goal line and i wanted to see if he could come down with it cuz he's looked really good uh, this week in practices. So this is a guy that I wasn't even monitoring. I'm sorry. Like I don't watch a lot of North Dakota state games, uh, but I think this kid can play in the NFL. Yeah. And that's the big thing with the senior bowl, right? Is finding these like unknown guys that are from the small schools that people don't really get to watch much. Um, and another one of those guys, like, you know, was Khalil Shakir um, from Boise state. And he was really good this week uh, in practice. Uh, I was wow. unfortunate he didn't get to play in the game, or he just chose not to play in the game. I don't really know. I don't know the stories behind that. But you know, if he 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 had a really good week of practice, so I think he's kind of one guy that people uh, really need to to look out for and kind of put him on your radar. See see what you like, right? I saw an article specifically saying you know he had a lot of the Cooper Cup features, uh, and I think that's probably a little bit re- unrealistic uh, if you're putting Cooper Cup on some some guy that's usually a recipe for disaster, but yeah, you know, it's he's, like he's talented, someone right? looks like Debo. It's like, yeah. hold, your, hold, hold up. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's not, not necessarily a realistic take, but you know, even if he, if he's a decent receiver in the NFL, like, you know, that's a, that could be an asset for your bench. Right. So, uh, and you'll probably be able to get him for probably a third round, uh, fourth round pick depends on where, you know, where he ends up going after the combine and all that stuff. But yeah, definitely somebody to keep in mind. So I do want to, now that we've talked about, a few of these i just do i want to talk about the guys who who had a really good week of practice for the wide receivers because I, I remember specifically there's a few um and do you want to just go ahead and start us off some of the guys that really impressed you as a wide receiver this this week in practice so honestly you touched on most of them um khalil shakir i I was shocked of how quick they looked this week and in all the one-on-one drills and such. I've only watched a few games of theirs and they've, they've had some moments, but like the suddenness they were showing, I wasn't seeing that on the tape in games. So I'm really, really curious to see what kind of combine numbers we're going to get for them because if they can show some like real quickness, you know, the three cone drills, a real big one for them, for me, if they can have like a, it has to be below seven, but hopefully it could even be sub six, nine. Like you were saying Cooper cup. I'm thinking more like a Hunter Renfro type of player, which Hunter Renfro is just a wide receiver one in, in fantasy this season. So not anything to shake a stick at. Um, Austin, they had a really good week. Um, my concern is size. So they were listed at, at 
on Memphis's side is five nine. He he measured in at five seven and three eighths, and only one seventy three. So I just there's not a lot of wide receivers that are sub five eight that are doing really anything. I think they would have to have a very like the play calling matters. Like think of uh, Rondo Moore. Rondo Mill crushed it in college at Purdue, and they're about that size. And guess what? They were pretty big disappointment in Arizona year one. Um, the only other receiver that I th- thought a lot of of uh, was Romeo Dubs. Romeo Dubs. He's the Nevada receiver. He he had a pretty good week. He definitely had some some big drops, and you know it wasn't all good. But he demonstrated his speed. His speed is legit. This is a big guy. He's six two, over two hundred pounds with real speed, and he did make some nice catches. So um, I'm very curious to see where he falls. This is the thing, right? It, draft capital kind of tells you a lot about these players. It, it if these players go in the sixth round, fifth round, like there's not a lot of players that are making it from from that deep in the NFL draft. So I really would love to see third round or higher, but even fourth, especially for wide receivers and tight ends, you know, that, that can work. Yeah. I don't think many of the people that played at the senior bowl are going to be, you know, third round picks and above. Um, I feel like most of these guys are day three picks. I think Tolbert will be a day two pick. And I think, I don't know, Christian Watson. I think it depends on, if they go to the combine, like, can we? What kind of numbers are we going to see with this player? I could definitely see both of them being day two picks. Outside of that, uh, I think we have a lot of late day two and more like day three players. Uh, so I do agree in general. But yeah, I mean, look, we talked about this, right? All the really good receivers for this year are underclassmen. So we're really diving like deep into the bucket of wide, dynasty wide receiver value here like all these players other than Dotson that was invited these are players that I am going to take in the third fourth fifth round like maybe maybe Tolbert or Watson if they just like really crush the pre-draft and, and get good draft capital you know I might take them in the second but like these are all third throws yeah you know what has a really was actually pretty solid prospect pool though was the tight ends. Do you want to dive into the tight ends for us? So Trey McBride's been my dude all year. He was the Mackey Award winner who is given out to the nation's best tight end. And I just thought it was funny that he scored as many touchdowns today in the senior bowl as he did all season one. He had he was voted the best tight end in the country and he had one receiving touchdown this year. I think that just shows you how dominant he was. I think it was just totally fluky that he didn't score more touchdowns. He had 90 reception over 1,100 yards this season. Um, he he actually weighed in a little smaller than I expected. He was listed at 6'4 and a half, 260. He weighed in at 3'6'3, 249. So he's a little smaller than I – and that's one of the reasons I had liked him. It's because he, he's very aggressive in the blocking game. He's not this like Evan Ingram, Noah Fant, Kyle Pitts, like borderline wide receiver type tight end. He's your complete package. So I was a little disappointed to see that he's a little smaller than I thought. So, right, Colorado State, obviously the competition isn't that good. So it's like, uh, 
did he only look like a really great blocker because of who he's playing? Or, you know, do we not need to worry, right? You compare them to Jake Ferguson, who had a couple of nice catches at Wisconsin. He's 6'5", 250. Ruckert's 6'5". Calcutta, or Grant Calatera, excuse me, is 6'5". Like, actually, one of the tight ends that actually really crushed it this week is Greg uh, Dolchich, the UCLA tight end. He He's a smaller tight end as well, but... He showed great separation this week. I I don't think any of these tight ends are are like superstars. Like we don't have a Kyle Pitts. Like I think the question is, do we have a Pat, Pat Fryermuth? Can Trey McBride become Pat Fryermuth? That's the question for me. Outside of that, they're all like dart throws, but I like them. There's a, like a lot of good dart throws. So I'll be taking a lot of tight ends in my drafts in the third and fourth round and just sitting on them and hoping that they hit. So one of the people you didn't mention was Isaiah Likely. I I think he's a very solid option that really showed his abilities in the senior bowl this week. I agree. I did forget to mention Likely. I like them as well. They are more of the smaller breed. I'm really curious to see what kind of numbers we get with them because they were very effective. They had over 900 Receiving yards at 12 touchdowns with Coastal Carolina. I I think they could be a very serious fantasy weapon. And again, all right, these are all like low, low chance players. I don't I'm not gonna put a lot of money that any of these turn into fantasy stars, but like they have a chance. Like there's a real path. They have talent. There's quite a few that I think could make it. I mean, I think one or two of these tight ends are gonna be very good in the nfl yeah yeah and and i think that's pretty much the case for most of these guys except for trey mcbride i think he's got the most talent of the group and i think the rest of the guys are just day three picks uh and we'll kind of you know we'll, we'll see where they go and then we'll see what they develop into basically at that point um so who are your biggest risers and fallers from this past draft or f- not from the past draft excuse me from the senior bowl so i think the number one biggest riser is christian watson I, I think he proved that he belongs in the NFL. And I honestly think that day two is realistic for them, which is pretty rare for, for a FCS player. Um, that it's not like a, you'll see that sometimes with like an offensive lineman or something. I, I really was impressed with Watson. They're a big player. They move well. They're strong. They play really strong and they have good hands. Honestly, like they remind me a lot of Mike Evans. Like, I feel like that's a cheap comp, but I like them. Yeah. So my biggest riser, I think the easy answer is Malik Willis. I think he's the biggest riser of the quarterback class. But I think the biggest riser is Trey McBride. I thought McBride really showed that he can compete at this at the next level. And I and I think that that's key, right? Because he, you know, he wasn't he didn't really. He was good in college, but you know he had that the competition question, um, and I think he really showed that he can even compete with even the best linebackers and uh, like secondary and you know, in the league. So, because there was some decent prospects out there for the for the defense. So, yeah, I think Trey McBride is is my my guy for biggest riser. Now for biggest faller though, I'm gonna go with I'll, I'll probably say Kenny Pickett, and I don't think you're gonna agree with that. No, but I think Kenny Pickett had the. I think Kenny Pickett had the most to lose from this week, and he lost it. 
I don't think he lost too much. I, I think that those that the clubs that liked Kenny Pickett still like him a lot. I think the cl- clubs that were doubting Kenny Pickett uh, feel they have the evidence to prove their doubt. The great thing about the NFL draft is, is you only need one club. Guess what? Tim Tebow was a first round draft pick. I bet you at least 25 teams in the NFL wouldn't have taken them before the third round. So I, they didn't have a good week. They were inconsistent during the practices and what we saw in the game today was just like, yeah, sure. You had a bunch of easy throws and you didn't even make them all like, yeah, yeah. I mean, and that was that's my thing. I don't, you know, I think he, I, I think he disappointed. He did. He disappointed, but I wouldn't put him as the biggest faller. I, I thought Carson Strong was the big faller. He honestly, I just thought he had a bad week. I didn't like his game tape today at all. And like, there were there were definitely some people on the NFL community, the draft GM community, that were talking about Carson Strong as a potential first round pick. With, Who was saying that? Uh. Daniel Jeremiah, he wasn't saying that I believe, right? Daniel Jeremiah wasn't saying take them in the first, but right, Daniel Jeremiah is very plugged in. And he was saying that there are people out there that had considered him as a potential late, late first round pick. Really? Um, I actually missed that. Um, and if that's true, then yeah, I, I would say Carson Strong was the uh, biggest baller because I had him going in. I had him as like a day three pick at best. And I, I didn't think he, I thought he just showed that he was a day three pick. I didn't know, you know, but <laughs> I, I definitely think he'll be a day two pick. I think by the third round, someone will snatch him up because he is a bigger dude and he has a big arm. Uh, the issue with strong is that he has like no mobility. He's kind of like a big Ben almost. Guess what? It's a very different NFL than it was in the pre 2010 years. Um, so I, I, I am like hundred percent out on Carson strong for fantasy. Cause I just don't think they can make it, but I think you'll see. I think someone's going to take him the second, third round. Really? In the, I, in the NFL. Yeah. I, that wouldn't be me. I wouldn't take him that high. I, oh, he's, I, he's performed. Honestly, he's had a great career at Nevada. I mean, it's not gr- the best competition, but he's performed and he does have some tools. So I, I get so it. So did Kellen Moore, you know, 10 years ago, 15 years ago, whatever that was. Yeah. That's, you know, it doesn't, college success does not translate to NFL success. And I know I think that's poor scouting to say that Carson strong would is. Well, luckily a, a there's a lot of poor pick, scouts but, out know, there. Yeah. There's yeah, a and, lot of them. I, and my, but my thing is too, is like, I guess this is partially my thought too, is like, I don't, I don't want to draft a quarterback just for the sake of drafting a quarterback in the second round. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and I think that's what they're going to do. If they draft Carson Strong, it's just because they want a quarterback and they want to get something fresh in there. And I think that's that's the it's just not the right mentality to have. Yeah, I thought the same thing when uh, Tampa Bay took Kyle Trask there at the end of the second round last year. Like Kyle Trask, he had a fantastic year at Florida, but I thought they were a lot more like Billy Zappi where you could clearly tell they didn't have the arm strength to be – a dominant NFL quarterback. So, yeah, it's Strong's my my biggest faller, I think. Yeah. Um, so, anything else you want to bring up for the Senior Bowl? Um, the only thing I would say is make note of teams drafted by the Jets and Detroit. Right, their coaching staff coached these two teams. Their coaching staff got a really 
an advantage to a lot of the other NFL teams where they had way more access. They had way more ability to interact and to learn about these players. So more so with the later round picks, I'd be particularly, uh, I would be very interested to see who they take because I think that we're going to find that there's a lot of later round picks that are taken by these two teams that are successful. It's just because they have a way more thorough evaluation on them. I think that's fair. Um, the The teams that coach the Senior Bowl end up usually drafting more. So, if that's it, do you want to wrap us up? Yeah. So uh, we thank everybody for listening today. Uh, so this is just a taste, though, of the rookie content. We don't want to make it sound like this is the only thing we're going to be. This is the only rookie content we're going to be producing. That's not true. Uh, we're going to have a whole spew of episodes coming out after the divisional recaps. And I'm really looking forward to talking to diving more in depth on these guys and, and kind of giving everybody an idea of what to expect uh, in our opinion. The only other thing I, I want to mention is, you know, give us a follow on Twitter, uh, leave us a review, rate us um, on whatever podcast you're listening to. And uh, you can find us on Twitter at bubblehead FFB. And please give us a listen, give us any comments you have, and we'd love to hear from you guys. And thank you for listening. Yep. Thank you, Robert. This is fun. Yeah, thanks.